to the October 16th edition of the PFF Forecast. I'm George. I'm joined by Brad. And uh, we're going to kick it off with Ben Brown. We're going to re- recap a, I don't know that I would call it exhilarating week six, but we did have a, uh, a conference championship um, preview, which was great. We'll talk about Bucks, Chiefs, um, Allen versus Mahomes, a little bit of the two New York teams, Jets and Giants, which one, if either, is for real. Uh, Rodgers and Brady both struggling a lot. We're going to preview Monday Night Football, give you some good bets there. And then we're going to, of course, guess the week seven lines. Let's rock. My, my question to both of you is how are you guys celebrating the New York Jets Super Bowl champion uh, season? Is this something that you guys were prepared for? Are you ready for it? I mean, anytime the Green Bay Packers can lose by multiple scores at home to the sure. New York Jets, I'm in good spirits, even though it probably shows also how bad the Chicago Bears are that they got blown out by a bad Packers team. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with Brad on this. We've, we've bonded over this fact before, but anytime the Packers, uh, you know, kind of show their true colors, I would say uh, it's always a great week. But I mean, my Jets playoff tickets looking really well right now. Uh, I'm on the bandwagon. I don't know if either of you two guys are, but, you know, I'm excited for uh, the J.E.T.S. Jets, Jets, Jets coming up uh, after this performance and last week's performance, I would say. Yeah, the over five and a half tickets look um, look very, very good. We'll- We'll get to um, the Jets and the Giants here in a second, but let's let's start with this. Um, how did how did each of your uh, guys' betting days go? I will I will save mine for for last. Brad, how did you do today? Yeah, so from last Sunday, we all liked the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, maybe didn't deserve that backdoor cover, but we got it, so that was wonderful. Uh, and then the New York Giants, they were within five points. I want to say the entire game, maybe we're down a touchdown for a very brief period of time, maybe 17-10, but I think looked like the right bet the entire time. So won those two. And then Kansas City, look, I, I you know, I took the money line. I, I, I fell for the trap. They did cover their teaser leg, which I'm sure we'll get into later, talking about Brady. Um, they came up short, but I, you know, I still don't really regret playing them as a plus money, you know, dog at home. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm definitely with you. I mean, the Bengals were definitely my biggest spot. I did get a little on them in game as well. So that worked out well. Uh, I, I did have the jets, uh, with the points, basically. I didn't go, you know, uh, with our guy Judah and take them on the money, like money line, like he suggested. So I maybe missed out on a little bit of that. But yeah. Biggest loser. I would say, uh, definitely Kansas city chiefs. I think it, it they were right there at the end. I did expect some sort of, you know, Mahomes type magic on that last drive. And we, uh, uh, you know, did not get that whatsoever. So that was definitely my one down spot. I did actually try the uh, PFF player prop tool strategy where I bet basically like, I want to say like close to 60 different reception prop unders uh, throughout the entire week. And I basically went uh, slightly above break even. I think through the first slate I had bet. Uh, through the first main slate of games, I had bet 40 player props on receptions. Wow. And I went like, I, I went 21 and 19 for like plus 0.42 units or something like that. So it was a lot of work for a, for a little pay, but uh, I definitely think it's something I'm going to try again here next week. The Bucks Chiefs 
teaser was my biggest L. I also took the Bucks um, in the Super Contest. They were one of the the five consensus picks um, in the Circa Millions. Sorry, I, I, my bad there. Circa Millions Contest, which for any members of the printing press that don't know what that is, um, you pick five games every single week against the spread. Um, it's a thousand dollar buy in. Um, a lot of sharp players that that go and play that that tournament. Um, that was that was a bad one for me. But uh, on the plus side of things, uh, the Atlanta Falcons continue to be. I think that was the one that we didn't talk about uh, last week that I ended up betting. Had them in the in the circa millions as well. Um, the the Giants actually, I think, were one of the bigger um, victories for me this week. I had the Jets uh, as well, but the Giants had slightly more on. And and we talked about this last Sunday where that line just didn't make a lot of sense. There are a lot of teams in the NFL right now who are just, they're, they're average. I mean, that's like the best way to put it, I think. And uh, when they're average and and you're at home and you're getting five and a half, six points, you should probably take it. I think that's the the thing to take away from that. Um, But uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about the Bucks and the Chiefs because it was a very interesting game. I'll just say my big takeaway from that game was I don't think – so people going into the game, there was some talk on Twitter about how can you actually compare Mahomes and Allen. Mahomes has done so much more in his career. He's had so much more success from a team perspective. And you watch that game. I watched that game. And I know that that Josh Allen has better receivers right now. That That's obvious. But – the fear that you used to have about Mahomes, or I used to have about Mahomes, I now have about Josh Allen. I mean, the, he put together a couple of drives in that game. The one that took about 60 seconds at the end of the half where they drove 99 yards. Then at the end of the game uh, to, to score the touchdown and ultimately put them up four and won the game. And the way that he changes the game with his legs is impressive. Right. But now the, the throws that this dude makes are are unbelievable. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is, is not making those throws right now. Um, the Bills, you know, I think cemented themselves as the best team in the NFL, but I don't think it's ridiculous to say right now that Josh Allen is the best quarterback uh, in the NFL. What did you guys make of that game? Yeah, so you talk about Josh Allen and that particular drive. He was about eight yards deep in the end zone. It was third down, and he threw an absolute laser, you know, out of his yeah. own end zone right. uh, for the first down to Gabriel Davis before, obviously, a beautiful touchdown pass to Gabriel Davis later in that same drive. You know, I don't think it's crazy to say, um, you know, I do think, like you said, he's making some of those more spectacular throws right now. But at the end of the day, we also, I think, kind of nailed the conversation of, you asked me and Kevin Cole a couple of weeks ago, who would you rather face in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs or the Bills, and why? The Bills dropped eight guys into coverage like a third of their plays today. They've been doing it like 5% of plays before today, and they were able to get home with three and four rushers, and that is kind of the difference between these two teams right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Chris Jones kind of flashed a little bit at certain points in time, but I think, you know, from top to bottom, the Bills have a, a much better roster outside of the quarterback position. I don't think it's crazy to say that Josh Allen, uh, you know, right now is playing like the best quarterback in the NFL. But if I was choosing between these two guys, I, I still think I would probably lean to Patrick Mahomes direction. I just still. think the, the issue, the, the thing for me is like, they're kind of doing it in different ways. Right. And I do think, you know, Josh Allen is making some of these wild type throws uh Patrick is like more forced to kind of like throw his guys open or almost like fit it into like tighter windows in certain situations which is what he tried to do you know kind of on that game ceiling interception but Mm -hmm. I I still think when it you know it's all said and done like I was kind of impressed with you know the at least 
the secondary receiving options that the Chiefs brought forth today. I do think Juju Smith-Schuster flashed a little bit today, had the huge yards after the catch touchdown run. Uh, I think, you know, those are the pieces that if Kansas City is actually going to compete with Buffalo, you know, in this AFC uh, Conference Championship game, which we're all kind of expecting right now, uh, I think, you know, it's going to have to be a little bit more Juju Smith-Schuster. It's going to have to be, you know, probably Sky more, more so than Mikel Hardman. So I do think developing those guys and getting them more accustomed to, you know, what Pat, Patrick Mahomes is actually going to do is eventually going to help them be more successful long-term. So that's, I, I don't think they're the same right now, but I do think that, you know, Mahomes and the Chiefs can definitely get to the level that the Bills are going to play at when they actually need to here at the end of the season. See, I I, I actually don't I don't know that I feel that way. I, Juju Smith Schuster made some nice plays in this game. Yeah. Really did. It was I think the first the first time this season like oh he's alive at least. Right, right. But if Juju Smith Schuster is your most explosive wide receiver, you have some problems. And the you look on the other side of the ball, and you have Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, each of whom are in different leagues than than the receivers on the right. on the Chiefs side of things. That worries me, especially when you aren't playing at home. And I mean, the road through uh, the AFC is probably going to go through Buffalo. So, you know, I'll add just one more thing before I ask you guys this question: the gap in coaching to me is also noticeable. So the, the chiefs are, um, the chiefs are up three. They get the ball back. I want to say there's about six, seven minutes left in the game. It was obvious, at least to me, I'm sure to you guys as well. They needed to score a touchdown right. a field goal to go up six. You're going to lose by one. Um, you don't score. You're, you're going to lose the game. And Andy Reed called plays that left a lot to be desired. They, they did not have the urgency. They did not have the ability to go out and just put a drive together and go score a touchdown. The Bills, of course, do have that ability. They go score a touchdown and win the game. Sean McDermott, I think Nick Sirianni, to a certain extent, are taking or kind of playing as if they have everything to prove. I don't know that I see that in, in Kansas City. So um, I think that's a, a gap as well. Let's say we end up AFC championship game, uh, Bills at home against the Chiefs. What's the spread of that game what should the spread of that game be yeah i would first say i think you nailed it i mean sean mcdermott going for a fourth and one on his own 33 yard line andy reed's not doing that i mean he just right. isn't um and, and also the drive you're mentioning it was two runs off left tackle to jarek mckinnon on this like on first down and second and eight i think it was right it, it's like you're not like you said we all sat there knowing this is not gonna you know win in the football game the spread right now in buffalo i mean considering they were two and a half point favorites two point favorites in kansas city and and, and won the game and are getting healthier. I mean, I think they're laying four and a half points, you know, in in Buffalo. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I do think, you know, with Tredavious White back in the fold, uh, you know, a, a much healthier Jordan Poyer, especially, you know, if if they actually do what we are expecting them to do, uh, you know, for the rest of the season, I do think, you know, minus four and a half makes a lot of sense. It could even go up to minus five. I don't think we're going to see that high of a spread, you know, given that it's a playoff game, winner go home type environment with Patrick Mahomes on the other side. But uh, I, I could see a case to be made at minus five, but I do think we probably settle in, you know, minus four, minus four and a half when you know, by the time we end up getting there, I would say. Yeah. And we're all going to be on the chiefs. Right. Um, I mean, no doubt about it. <laughs> we're all going to be on the chiefs. <laughs> I, I, you know, I could see four and a half. I could see it all the way out to four and a half. I have a hard time getting it past four. I think, you know, three and a half, four. 
Um, at that point, you know, the Chiefs will have made it that far. You'd expect maybe right. Scott Moore to have developed a little bit more. Um, but it, it is – there's a noticeable difference. And, and the last thing that I'll say I think that I took away from this game, the, the way that the Bills have built their team I don't think can be underestimated, uh, not as the wrong word, but not talked about. In comparison, I think, to the Chiefs, who have done some good things from a team-building perspective. But let's be really honest here. They drafted Patrick Mahomes. Okay, That's the right. team-building move that the Chiefs have made that was amazing. They had Andy Reid. He's a generational talent as, a, as an offensive coordinator. They had Travis Kelsey. He's amazing. Um, and, yes, the, the way that they were able to, to unload Tyreek Hill, get a bunch of, of players back, that's great. Okay. But let's think about some of the moves. I mean, the pass rusher that the Chiefs brought in was Frank Clark. Okay, the Bills went out this year and brought in Von Miller. Von Miller, I don't, I don't think he lost a pass rush rep against Andrew Wiley. I mean, he was it, the the game ceiling interception. He he had pressure. There's so many big plays where he either got a sack or was in there in in two seconds or less. And I mean that that is a game changing. Uh, you know, season changing, potentially Super Bowl changing um, uh, move that they've made. Not to mention, I mean, the Stefan Diggs move, uh, drafting Gabriel Davis, the way that they've created a defensive line that doesn't have to blitz. It really, really is impressive. But I, I wouldn't be surprising if we look back on this year and the last two years and go, you know, the key move for the past two Super Bowl champions has been picking up Von Miller, um, right. which uh, kudos to. Von Miller. Um, yeah. I mean, you didn't even mention the be biggest play that he had in the game either. So it was after. So the Chiefs kicked the field goal or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Bills got the ball back and did go three and out. And the Chiefs actually did get the ball back. And uh, Von Miller did have that third. And I think it was like third and seven sack or something like that. Mm -hmm. Third and six sack after the Jarek McKinnon uh, run. And, and that was, you know, I would say kind of the big play where they didn't actually get the ball back. And then Bills got the ball back and ended up going up scoring. And that was, you know, for the most part, the game was already over at that point. But yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And I, I, I think the the fear for, you know, any Chiefs fan at this point in time is like, not only are they going to have the front four if they play again, but but the secondary situation is going to be so mm -hmm. much better. That was kind of the weak link for the reason why I thought the Chiefs were the correct side in this particular matchup. That was, you know, didn't really come to fruition, mainly because I thought the pass rush was so successful for the Buffalo Bills uh, today. Yeah, you know, I have to preface every time I say stuff like this. Look, every team can do what they want to, but I would tell you that the difference between the Chiefs and Bills and how they've constructed their rosters is why one team extended Stephon Diggs this offseason and one team traded away Tyree mm -hmm. Kill this offseason. Because, right. I mean, even Orlando Brown, I thought he was bad in this game. I know he had a hold and a false start, at least those yeah. two. Maybe had a third penalty, but also just wasn't really impressive in the game, both as a run blocker or a pass protector. But, I mean, yeah, the Bills – Starting back after 2018, which also they deserve credit because they made the playoffs in 2017. They had that awful game against the Jaguars where Blake Bortles went to the AFC Championship game after winning 9-6 in the first round. And the, and the new regime still came in and said, I don't care. We're not chasing this playoff appearance. This is a bad right. football team. Let's tear this thing down to the studs and build it back up. They led the NFL in dead cap the following year. They got rid of Marcel Darius and all these players. They had like 65 or $68 million in dead cap. It was like a record at the time. And they've just consistently now – 
built through the draft. They have made some trade-ups. Obviously, Josh Allen was a good one. Tremaine Edmonds, Cody Ford, bad ones, but nevertheless. And then they've been very early on every extension. Tredavious White, Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano, all their best players. They get deals done early. Josh Allen is making $43 million a year for six mm-hmm. years now. That's going to be, you know, guys are making 50 already. So... They've been so sharp in their roster construction. I mean, shout out Jason Fitzgerald over the Caps that it might be the best rebuild ever. Like that, that's how good and impressive they've been. And, and I agree with that statement from him 100%. Yeah, it, it has been very, very impressive. By the way, um, someone in the chat, uh, Tony, said, do you guys even know how spreads work? It would be six and a half at least in the AFC Championship. Um, I think the challenge there, Tony, is that three is worth a lot six is also worth a lot. Um, and the idea that one of these teams blows the other out, I think is, uh, is going to be the challenge. That's why I think we're saying four, four and a half is as far as it would get out to, but if it's six and a half, then I will be betting the chiefs. I <laughs> just, right. definitely. Also, I think people still think home field worth a field goal. Tony home field advantage is no longer worth a field goal about half of that now. So, well, and it's, you know, not all numbers are created equal. Right. So crossing three is a big one, right? Nine percent of games landing on three. So it's different than crossing, you know, four or five. And I think that's why um, why we have it in the four or four and a half range. Let's move to the maybe the two biggest surprises so far this year, which are the Giants and the Jets, both of whom uh, the Jets could have been uh, at the top, I believe, of the division if the the Bills had lost. Um, But the. the, the Giants with another impressive win today. Uh, the Jets, again, with an impressive win as well. So everyone gets very excited about these teams. They have not been good for a while. They have relatively new or brand new regimes, um, youngish quarterbacks, bunch of young players. Everyone wants to get very excited about them. And ask you guys, which one is more for real? If you had to bet on one, like actually being something, making something of this start, either this year or going forward, who is it? And why? So this is kind of a complicated answer. I think I believe the Jets more this season. Um, but okay. I actually think going forward, if the Giants can figure out quarterback, which obviously is a massive if, I mean, we still have not really seen Kayvon Thibodeau. Kadarius Tony barely plays. Wondell Robinson made an impact today, was a good player. Like They still have so much capital and everything going forward. They haven't really had kind of their spending spree yet, whereas this Jets roster is kind of what they're going to be. Of course, they're going to pick some more guys. They're going to you know sign some more players, but they spent a lot the last couple off seasons now. They've had their you know flush of picks and all from all their trades and Jamal Adams and all that. Um, so I think the Jets could maybe, you know, go above 500 this year and and maybe probably not be a wild card, but maybe threaten a wild card. But the Giants long-term with this coaching staff, and if they maybe figure out quarterback, get some growth from their young early top 10 picks, I think they could be like a really good team in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, so the thing with the, the Giants, and you kind of touched on it right away for me, is like they've done it this year in such unsustainable ways that I don't know mm-hmm. if it's actually all that predictive, mm-hmm. you know, going forward, not only in this year, but in future years, if that's going to be all that successful, if they don't really have that quarterback position locked in. I do think that, uh, you know, in choosing the two teams this year and into the future, I would definitely take the Jets. My one concern with, you know, the Jets specifically uh, in comparison to the Giants is, of course, I do think the AFC is going to be, you know, really good uh-huh. year in and year out, much better than the NFC is going to be. So I think that's the reason why uh, you could maybe cap 
like the upside of the New York Jets uh, as opposed to the Giants. But uh, I think from the, you know, like a team building perspective and everything else, I do think that the Jets, uh, in my opinion, are much further along given the young pieces that they have in place. Uh, and it does kind of, you know, all come down to, you know, Zach Wilson, how well he actually plays. Whereas, you know, I, I think maybe the Giants have already, you know, I already have the answer to the question on if Daniel Jones should be here for another couple of years. Uh, and if that answer is no, uh, you know, then who is that going to actually be? And I do think, you know, without a legitimate decent quarterback, either from a rookie deal or a veteran guy, uh, I, I just don't know how sustainable in future years they're going to be offensively. Well, it's so interesting, right? If they've decided that Daniel Jones isn't going to be the guy, but they have a, I mean, they're in the NFC, the NFC stinks. Right. Um, if they have a somewhat successful season this year, let's say they make the playoffs, you know, maybe that makes that that conversation about getting rid of Daniel Jones harder, but it also makes it a little bit harder to reload at quarterback. You know, you're going to have right. to trade up probably to get a guy. Um, you know, that's kind of crapshoot, but you are reloading at quarterback. Maybe the Jets then are going through the question marks with Zach Wilson. I mean, Zach Wilson, I think, has played better he's had one you know decent game from a grading perspective we'll see how this week i mean let's be honest the the this game for the jets was one on defense and their defense right. has been really really impressive this year i think as much as we want to talk about some of the young offensive pieces and you know everyone on uh twitter obviously uh i've got a lot of really good dms i'm going to read them by the way on wednesday night i'm gonna, I'm gonna amass a nice corpus uh, of dms from jet fans and do a reading uh, of the dms you know, impressive. They have probably the, the first or second, maybe third best rookie running back um, that they were able to draft. It's been that's great. Um, but like Garrett Wilson, tremendous talent at wide receiver. Sauce Gardner, I would say maybe the best pick. You know, in the top ten so far this year. Um, I would say best corner pick. But like Tariq Willen looks amazing, and he was obviously right. one fifty three. Um, and uh, so you have all of these incredible pieces on defense. And that defense looks really, really good. The challenge there is that's not something you can particularly bank on. Right. Um, and so I, it really does come down to, to Zach Wilson versus Daniel Jones, in my opinion. I'm going to take Zach Wilson <laughs> because he has, you know, we don't know as much about Zach Wilson. He was a better prospect coming out um, and he has better weapons uh, around him. You know, I think it's interesting looking at where these offenses have been. Um, if, if you go over the last three weeks uh, on early down pass plays, the Jets are a top 12 team in, in EPA per play. Interestingly, the, the Giants are top five. Now I'm picking that sample because that's when Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson came back. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm using that um, particular set of weeks. But neither offense makes me super, super excited. I think this season, obviously, the Giants have a better chance to make the playoffs. But long term, um, the Jets... Uh, have a much much better future i'm super happy for robert salah by the way because um he was catching a lot of heat last year i think um he definitely deserves this a, a brother i'm actually wearing my um my american university of beirut shirt no one can see it but uh that was uh for a little bit of robert salah love here um let's let's do this uh before we get to monday night football one of the teams that the um new york teams beat today were the Green Bay Packers. They look bad. The Los Angeles Rams barely beat a team that completed one pass past the line of scrimmage in the Carolina Panthers. And the Bucks were a 10-point favorite at one point this week and lost to a combination of Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky. 
So potentially the three top teams in the NFC all look terrible. Um, which one is in the biggest world of hurt and which one has the best chance to actually be good this year? I'm going to go biggest world of hurt is still the LA Rams. They're the only team that won of these three today, but they now lost left tackle Joseph. No boom. So they're mm-hmm. just absolutely decimated along their offensive line. They already were. Sounds like an Achilles could be out for the entire season. Um, there, there aren't really tackles available, obviously, really ever. Um, but, you know, good luck replacing him at this point. It just gets even more challenging for them. Um, and, and, yeah, they did win, but, you know, they, they kind of scored late to even cover the minus 10, minus 11 of the entire week. Like you said, P.J. Walker completed one pass beyond the line of scrimmage. Jacob Eason, the Panthers quarterback five, played some today, um, which is just about as bad as it gets. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't an impressive win even still. Um, and I just, I still, for some reason, think the Packers and the Bucks can figure it out. The Bucks gave up five third and ten pluses on defense today. It's <laughs> just so not, bad. It's insane. Like it's just not going to continue to happen. So there was a lot of flukiness going on in that game. Um, you know, maybe less so Packers, but yeah. See, I and I would say I might cheat here, but I don't think I buy into any of them at this point now. Um, I, I I think even if you would have asked me last week, I was like, you know, I do still think the Packers and to a lesser extent the Bucks can put it to put it together to the point where they would be favored in the divisional round of a playoff matchup against you know a team that they would face in the NFC. And I, after this week, I don't think they're going to get there. I don't think any of the three teams are going to get there. To be honest with you, I think they're all they all probably should be dogs and are probably going to be on the road if they do actually get to that point. So I think actually asking if any of these teams, any of these three teams can legitimately get out of the NFC right now, I think is, you know, uh, based solely on name recognition. And I would, I don't know if there's like too much, you know, outside of that. I do think that, you know, if I was choosing one, the Buccaneers are probably uh, the team that I would think can actually put it together just based on how Tom Brady, you know, has still somewhat performed, uh, really able to alleviate pressure, needs kind of those wide receivers to win quickly, and they maybe haven't been doing that as well as possible. But I do believe in the secondary a little bit as well. But uh, I, I think at least as far as like, you know, any one of these three teams like getting there because of the quarterback position only uh, is definitely something that I would say is probably in the past and no longer going to happen here anymore. The Bucks' red zone offense also was atrocious. Really, really bad. Um I mean, the Bucks to me are the somewhat easy answer here. I guess the the question that I might flip back to you, Ben, is who's the second best? I mean, the Eagles won again. They're five and zero. You know, they've played not the toughest schedule. They got Cooper Rush and all the beauty that was uh, <laughs> him tonight throwing the ball all over the place. So that you could argue they may, they really haven't you know still faced anyone particularly great. Um, but let's assume they're number one in the NFC. Who's the second best team in the NFC? I mean, it's 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 ugly, but I honestly think, you know, um, when you said earlier that we maybe saw, uh, you know, one conference championship preview coming up in week six, I actually think we might have seen two conference championship previews in week six. Um, oh, wow. I do think Dallas is going to get there uh, by the time Dak Prescott's back. I do think at some point uh, that offense is going to be clicking, and I do think that they could easily be the second best team in the NFC if it's not them. Uh, the Vikings are still going to be, you know, chaotic week in and week out. They're still going to let teams that they should probably take care of back into the game. Uh, they kind of did that once again with Miami Dolphins, but uh, it, it seems to be the, the the marriage of Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins has at least been better than expected. Justin Jefferson, I would say, is you know playing like the best non quarterback in football still. So 
I I think it's, you know, I would probably choose either the Cowboys or the Vikings over, you know, any one of these three teams given the current state. I strongly agree with your first point and, and strongly disagree with the second <laughs> one. Um, I, th- I think it's Dallas. I think they, they showed a lot tonight. In fact, they were able to come back in this game. Yes, Philly kind of started calling a bit of a milk toast offense as well, but then to be able to come back with those three interceptions with Cooper Rush, their offensive line, even with some injuries, was kind of winning that battle against that, you know, vaunted Eagles front, defensive front at times tonight. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, Dak Prescott from Cooper Rush is newsflash, folks, a massive upgrade once he gets going again and starts playing well. And for Minnesota, yeah, they give up 385 passing yards on nine yards per attempt to a combo of Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater. I, I just – I don't know. I just – every time I watch Minnesota, I want to like them more. I mean, I bet them – Eric is going to owe me $100 for them making the playoffs by week 10. But oh, I just, I'm just not a believer as I watch them play. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's – um. The NFC is just so, so terrible. Right. And I, watching Dallas tonight, there was a part of that game where you really did say to yourself, man, like if if they come back and somehow beat the Eagles, the Eagles are never coming back from this. You know, this would be a tide-turning game. Of course, they didn't make that happen. But the way that that defensive front plays, especially when they are playing someone that is not Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, And here's the way that I would kind of think about the league right now. There are two quarterbacks who can win the game by themselves. And that is Patrick Mahomes and and Josh Allen. I think Lamar was there for bits and pieces of the season. He can get there, but like consistently, you know, game in, game out. It's those two. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles have a more complete team, I think, than both those teams. But Jalen Hurts can't quite win the game just by dropping back and passing right now. Um, but there's no one else in the NFC that can actually do that. So um, it'll be very interesting to see. Ben, let's get you out of here on this. Monday Night Football, we have the Broncos once again. Uh, they are four-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road in Los Angeles against the Chargers. When we talked last week, this opened at six-and-a-half. I remember I guessed four-and-a-half. I believe it is four-and-a-half now. Yeah. Um, so you're welcome, everybody. Um Ben, what's your what are your favorite bets here for this game? I mean, I I don't love a ton. I would say I know Greenline. Of course, we do like Denver. Um, kind of scary. I would say I do think that they probably are the correct side uh, when it's all said and done. Like you said, moved up basically from a six and a half point spread up to four and a half. So I think you're taking anything on you know the 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 game game markets basically. I do think Denver makes some sense. I don't absolutely love it. I do think we see a little bit more points being scored. Uh, you know, we we, we probably should have gotten the over uh, in this, the closing over, I would say, in this Dallas-Philadelphia game uh, on Sunday night football, but I do think over 45 and a half given, you know, how quickly, you know, Justin Herbert and that Chargers offense can score. I think that's going to get there. I also think a guy like, you know, Cortland Sutton under 4.5 receptions, uh, you know, given some matchup considerations, given his average depth of target, everything else. Uh, I, I think that's a pretty good spot. But we're actually, you know, I would say uh, relatively, uh, I guess we're not too light on, uh, we got quite a, I just have a filter on right now. We do have quite a few uh, player props in the player props tool if you check it out on pff.com. But I don't know, what, what do you guys like in this matchup? I'll jump in. Yeah, I, I also now that you mentioned the you know the under reception, I think under Judy receptions. I'm a big Cortland Sutton guy. I was you know buying him coming into the season. He's been off to a great start, and Judy just still had some focus drops, had some you know moments of just lapses of judgment. Um, like the under three and a half receptions looks like PFF Greenline likes that as well. I see a sea of orange making it 
to Los Angeles uh, on Monday night. Look, the, the Broncos have some injuries. No Randy Gregory. That's going to be a big miss, a uh, big loss. Garrett Bowles out as well. Uh, but they get Justin Simmons back. That's big. Um, Keenan Allen, I believe, doubtful. Brad to play. Not going to play. Yeah, not going to play here. So um, a defense that is really good in Denver, I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be a close game. So I'd roll with the Broncos here um, at, at four and a half. I just think it's a close kind of low scoring game. Um, and then I'm tailing every single Ben Brown player prop. That's what I'm doing. So everyone um, that is listening, go check it out. Uh, you can check out the player props tool, both on the PFF app, which you can download on uh, the app store by searching PFF. See the best bets uh, for every single game, uh, as well as every piece of uh, betting content uh, that Ben and the rest of the team are putting out. Some really good stuff that people alluded to here. One of our writers, Judah Fort King, has been uh, blessing the people with some alt lines. He had the Jets money line and minus five and a half, um, which paid out pretty nicely as well. Um, so go download the PFF app or go to pff.com, get yourself a PFF Plus subscription. Uh, which you can get for 25% off with the promo code forecast, F-R-E-C-A-S-T. Get access to the player props tool and all of PFF's betting predictions uh, on pff.com and the PFF app. Ben, we appreciate you. Thanks so much for hanging out. We will see you next week. Best of luck with uh, all the player props and getting through another Russell Wilson primetime game. Thank you, guys. Uh, well, we wait to bring in uh, our friend Arjun, who um, mopped the floor last week with uh, the bets that we made on this podcast, a uh, reminder that this um, NFL season, you can still play fantasy football and underdog uh, fantasy, go download the underdog fantasy app or go to underdogfantasy.com. What they have for you is a wonderful game called higher or lower. You just pick higher or lower on a player's um, stats. That's basically a player prop. And you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. They keep it super simple. It's very easy to use. Their mobile app is really, really simplistic and intuitive. You pick between two and five players in your pick them entry. You get all the picks right and you take home a bunch of cash. You use promo code PFF when you go to Underdog and it will double your first deposit up to $100. So go underdogfantasy.com, promo code PFF, or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Also, DraftKings. The NFL actions in full swing here and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They've got you covered. Use promo code PFF when you sign up and you get $200 in free bets if your team wins and you place a $5 bet on any team. Uh, that's really, really about as simple as it gets. $200 in free bets. They're paid out in $25 free bets. Um, and if that's not enough, you can boost your winnings with their stepped up same game parlays. Uh, so go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now either online or download the app, use promo code PFF and get $200 in free bets when you bet on any team to win and they make it happen. All right, Arjun, what's up, brother? What's up, fellas? How are we, how are we doing? Not as well as you, apparently. Right. This, this, this uh, not to mention that you did really well last week um, or this week, I should say, but you're also wearing... I mean, we're just sitting here in some basic t-shirts and and you look like you're ready for the NBA season and in oh, yeah. top form. Are you actually a Lakers fan or do you just like the uh, unfortunately that's how I introduced my fandom to that team, but but yeah, have to uh rep the hometown team. I'm a Lakers fan as well. I grew up in the Bay Area though, and so uh that was particularly traumatizing. The only good thing was that the Lake the Lakers were actually good when I was growing up. 
Um, so I didn't have to deal with Russell Westbrook, you know, airballing uh, jump shots from 10 feet out. Um, we promise not to give you any NBA bets on this on this Boston podcast, but we will guess the lines. Just to recap from last week. So the way that we do this is we go through, we guess what we think the line should be. We then compare it to the actual line. And then we decide whether we're going to bet it, right? If we have a big difference, then we're obviously compelled to go place a bet. The games where the three of us had the biggest cumulative difference from the actual spread, the Giants and the Ravens was number one with a bullet. Um, we all liked the Giants, took the Giants. The Giants ended up winning that game outright. Um, the Seahawks and the Cardinals, really great bet um, that Arjun called out. Seahawks first half they ended up covering full game as well. Um, and then the other one that that I think we mentioned um, was New Orleans and Cincinnati. Cincinnati ended up coming through. So um, good job there. We we missed on a couple, but uh, only a couple. I think um, I lost one. Brad lost one. Um, and Arjun, you lost two, but you won five. So a very nice job last week. Um, let's roll into this week. Buys are Buffalo, Los Angeles, Minnesota, and Philadelphia. Thursday night game is New Orleans and Arizona. Brad, kick us off. Yeah, I got to pick them here. Wow. I have I have Saints plus two here. Okay. Yeah, I am uh, closer, Arjun. I have Cardinals minus two and a half. Um, let me actually, I did not pull these out. Brad, do you have these in front of you? So uh, the, the actual lines? Yeah. Let me get them pulled up here. This is this is great podcasting. This is it is, but it also shows that we are we don't cheat because I actually uh, yeah no cheat. Try to be honest about it. I I, I am on a two week streak of being closest to the lines, but it hasn't translated actually winning bets. So I'm not sure how much it's <laughs> worth. All right, uh, <laughs> that's the problem, right? You have to be you have to have some um, some edges to actually take advantage of. Got to convert. Yeah. All right. So you guys you guys nailed it. Um, it is Cardinals minus one and a half. Okay. Yeah, I see uh, Jeff uh, Sherman, who sets the lines for Superbook Sports, had it as Arizona minus two. Um, Brad, you betting? You had it as a pick'em. Yeah. So I had to pick them because I mean the Cardinals scored a field goal today on offense against the worst defense or one of the worst <laughs> defenses in all of football. Um, they're atrocious. <laughs> and I, I, the thing is though is they're getting DeAndre Hopkins back, and maybe that changes things. Marquise Brown though did lead this game with a boot uh, after his interviews. Got hurt, uh, I think it was a foot injury at the end of the game, so he might not play. Um, it, but I, the reason I'm, I'm going to say no to any bet because Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, I don't know. Marshawn Lattimore, I don't know. Jameis Winston, I, honestly, I think Andy Dalton might be better at this point. I know that just breaks Eric's heart if he's in the chat still. Um, <laughs> anyways, long answer short, I, I'm not betting either side. I just I don't know what either of these teams are at all right now. Yeah, I definitely think this is a, a good game to stay away from. Um, if anything, it's probably just going to be props and stuff. But uh, it's going to be tough to just see what this Cardinals offense is with D-Hop back in the lineup. And I do feel like the Saints offense kind of overperformed today, dropping like 20-plus points on a pretty solid Bengals defense without their top three receivers. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just laying off this game. I want nothing to do with this game. The Cardinals might be – the biggest frauds on planet earth. I mean, that, that team is so, so terrible. I, it's shocking to me. It's shocking to me that Cliff Kingsbury is going to continue to, to coach this team. Um, someone needs to save Kyler Murray. Now, the only thing that I will say here is that DeAndre Hopkins does come back right in this game. Um, 
I don't know that that makes me want to actually bet on Arizona, but when I was making this spread, that was the one thing that came to mind for me was they do look and have looked like a different team without Tanner Hopkins in his first game back though. I'm not like running to bet on them, but something to note. Um, all right, next up we have Atlanta who is a cover machine going to Cincinnati to face the bungles. Brad. Yeah. Falcons undefeated ATS. Uh, for that reason, I went a little bit lower than I think my actual guess. I had Cincy minus four and a half in this game. Okay. I, I just, before I get my pick, I, I do want to say it's it's funny that you know Eric leaves and now the Falcons are the best team at covering mm-hmm. our Falcons, right? But um, I, I have this at four and a half as well. Yes, I um, where am I here? I have this. Wow, we're all exactly the same. I have Cincinnati minus four and a half. I'm looking at BetMGM for all these, by the way. Uh, the Bengals are minus six, so we're all a little short there. Um, uh, Arjun, you taking the Falcons? <laughs> That's a tough one. I think, I mean, they're they're undefeated against the spread. Bengals didn't look the greatest today. Um, I, I have to think about this one. I think I, I would lean the Falcons for sure. I think one of the – a better play, a derivative, derivative play would be Falcons, like, plus – 0.5 or Falcons first quarter money line. Um, Arthur Smith uh, absolutely nails with his scripted plays. Um, so Bengals, on the other hand, with Zach Taylor, not as nails with their scripted plays. So, you know, if if you don't like the six or, you know, you can take their first quarter. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to make this an official bet. You're soft is what it is. You, know, you don't have the stones. You're young. You don't have the the grit and the intestinal fortitude to ride with the Atlanta Falcons. I understand. And I, I get that. It can be very, very challenging. Um, I'm going to do it, though. Uh, six is too many points for this Bengals team. I, the, they eked one out today against Andy Dalton. Okay, I don't want to give the New Orleans Saints too much credit. A win in New Orleans where Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are returning home you know, this is not like a true road game. Beating Andy Dalton, I don't think is that impressive. Meanwhile, I know Atlanta played a banged up San Francisco team, but th- they're not that bad. Like, these are two a- average-ish teams. Like, I know that the Bengals are better. I get that. But, like, these are not two great, you know, one of these teams is not a great team. So, I'm taking the Falcons plus six. Um, I also like the first quarter play, though. I'm taking it as well. So we're hopping on that one together, George. Um, I I mean, I like the uh, AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward lining up against Mm -hmm. still not 100% T Higgins and Jamar Chase. Um, I saw the Bengals today. They lined up at shotgun on 51 of 54 dropbacks. They're just, there's just zero creativity from Zach Taylor. I think Dean Pease is a good underrated defensive coordinator for Atlanta. And then you mentioned as well, Arthur Smith, I think, Look, this New Orleans now put up 25 plus points in three straight games with Andy Dalton and missing receivers. Um, and, and I think Smith can also be creative, like Pete Carmichael in New Orleans, and and score on yes, a talented and a good Bengals defense, but not spectacular by any means. Six is too many points. Next up, we have Detroit, Dallas. Uh, Brad, would you make this one? I had Dallas minus five and a half. I think uh, it's still a little confusing with, with Dak. Um, so I will get into that later. But yeah, at five Dak and a half. will be back for this game, right? Okay. Okay. That's that's what I'm. Yeah. Really I think so much we did it out. Yeah. Okay. Especially, um, especially after that Cooper Rush performance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have this as Cowboys minus six. 
I have Cowboys minus five and a half. Um, let's see. I don't see it on BetMGM. Jeff Sherman uh, at Golf Odds Superbook has this as Dallas minus seven. I'm trending six and a half, I think. Yeah. Let's call it. Uh, let's call it six and a half. I think that makes more sense. Um, Brad, you betting this one? Uh, no. I mean, Detroit is coming off the bye. Um, they did kind of need the bye. There's a lot of guys that need to get healthy, so it was a timely and, and helpful thing for them. Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, a lot of different guys probably get back for this game, but uh, it's a stay away from me. I want to see Dak play a week before I do anything related to the Cowboys. I I actually like the, the lines in the spot um, coming off a of bye. Um, I, think, I think defensively they match up pretty well with but the Cowboys, you know, I'm not too impressed with the Cowboys like run game at times. And obviously they're giving more carries to the worst running back. Um, and Okuda has been pretty good this season. So I like him to kind of lock up whoever he's on. And then off a of bye week, I mean, I think I think Lions offense gets back on track. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think I'm going to take them in, in this spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there as well. Um, and if I can get the seven. I'm taking the seven now. Um, I, I don't think it closes seven. A couple of things here. The first is you have Dak coming back, and I'm you know going to anticipate a little bit of rust there. Um, you know, just kind of getting the timing back with his receivers. And you know, even though um, you really do like, you have to like the Cowboys front. I think that they will struggle with Amon Ross St. Brown, and him coming back healthy matters quite a bit. So lines off by. I will take them if I can get plus seven, especially. Um, I guess I should have made this seven so that I can get that extra half point. Um, we'll do that just for the sake. There we go. Um, Indiana, Indianapolis, going to Tennessee to play the Titans. Titans coming off by the Colts coming off of uh, an incredible win. Um, oh, yeah. Matt Ryan, that was Matt Ryan's uh, swan song right there. Uh, Brad, would you make this? I had Tennessee laying uh, two points in this one. I have Tennessee minus one and a half. Wow. Okay. I'm uh, I'm heavy here. I have uh, Tennessee minus three in this one. Um, it's not on BetMGM that I see. Okay. Let's look here. Um, I am seeing. Where's this? I'm seeing Tennessee minus two. Okay. Okay. Tennessee. Too. Um, you know, I, I guess I'll, well, Brad, what are you doing with this one? If it's Tennessee, yeah, as someone who kind of was fading the Titans coming into the season, I don't hate this spot. I mean, the Colts they did put up a lot of yards today, but I still wasn't super impressed with them today against Jacksonville. I think Michael Pittman is just better than any corner the Jaguars could throw out there. Uh, and, and then Trevon Walker kind of had a rookie game at a dumb penalty, had a couple bad reps. Um, it wasn't the, it wasn't really an impressive win. They easily could have lost that game. Titans off a bye, like my great uh, Rabel off a bye. I, I'm probably taking Titans here under a field goal. Okay, I. This is a tough one. I think it's going to be a double edged sword because I love the Titans first quarter. Like I know we're supposed to be talking about full game spreads and stuff, but the Titans through six weeks have the number one offense on scripted plays. Like Todd Downing is an absolute wizard in the first 15 plays of a game. And then he turns to enter Cliff Kingsbury the rest of the way. So, you know, I, I, I would take Titans first quarter money line minus one at like plus one thirty, minus two and a half at like plus one fifty, And then once they get their quick 
seven or ten points from their scripted plays, I would look to live bet the Colts. But my official play from this game would probably be uh, tight end first quarter money line. Yeah, I'm not going to bet the the full um, game here, even though if I had to, I would take uh, Titans at, at less than three. Um, I, I like that first quarter move, especially coming off of a bye where they've had a couple of weeks to think about a very important divisional game. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the Titans whole game are tricky because at some point you may have to rely on Ryan Tannehill dropping back to pass. and that, that scares me quite a bit. Not particularly great. Green Bay goes to Washington to play the Commanders. I, why are we still seeing Carson Wentz? Is my big question. Um, Brad, I think we have to assume that Wentz is still playing after Ron Rivera got up and said that it was his decision to bring him in. What'd you make this one? I'm not 100% sure of that, real quick. I don't know if he's going to. So he fractured a finger. I think it's his ring finger on his throwing hand. Uh, it also is a oh, wow. convenient excuse just because he's been cheeks to just say that you're you're not yeah. playing him because of the injury. Um, I'm not 100% he's going to play in this game. But nevertheless, okay. uh, I had Washington plus five and a half. Wow. I had, I had um, Washington plus seven. Oh, wow. Um, I did not get uh, quite that far out. I had Washington plus five. Um, and I was hedging a little bit. Um, I thought that maybe there was a chance uh, that Howell came in and played in this game. Um, and I actually think I'd be more <laughs> more confident in them if they actually had Howell in there. Um, but here's the thing. Green Bay is not very good. So I don't know. I didn't want to give them a full, a full touchdown. Brad, what are you doing with this one? Yeah, so we talked before the show, like, is there any team in the entire NFC conference that should be laying a touchdown or close to it on the road? No, I, I don't care if it's the Bucks at Pittsburgh, like we saw yeah. today, you know, who's 31st and, you know, early down e-paper play and, and still managed to win that game. So, um, uh, by the way, I'm seeing five here. I see four and a half for bet on BetMGM. So, um, yeah, underneath all of us, which is interesting. Um, you know, I guess Aaron Rodgers also dealing with a thumb injury. I didn't watch that entire game. I don't know if it was like visible and he was shaking the whole time. Um, but anyway, I, I would look into Green Bay. I would wait a little bit to see the Washington quarterback situation. Uh, you know, they get the mini buy coming off the worst Thursday night football in, in a week. Um, I'm staying away for now. But if anything, it would be Green Bay based on how injuries shake out. I think I would, I would bet Green Bay in this situation. Um, I mean, Commanders were the worst team in that Thursday night matchup. Bears drove the ball into the red zone like three times, came away with zero points. I I mean, like their defense isn't that good. I have no, really no faith in their offense now, especially without ones. So, I mean, I like I like the I like the Packers in this spot. Packers get right game. Tampa Bay, Carolina. Good God, Carolina's awful. Brad, would you make this? I had Carolina plus nine and a half. I had uh, Carolina plus nine. I have Carolina plus nine and a half as well. And I don't know if that's uh, steep enough because, my God, they look terrible. Um, it is minus 10. I see 10 and a half on BetMGM. So, yeah, we're all under it again. Uh, I, I mean, again, it's the same principle. Like, are the Bucks good enough to be laying 10 or 10-plus 10 points on the road against anyone? Maybe Carolina, like we talked about, did not complete a, completed one pass beyond the line of scrimmage, and it was about a yard beyond the line of scrimmage at that. Um, is this going to be a Jacob Eason game? Is it going to be a, a less than 100% Baker Mayfield game? Who knows? 
Um, I just I can't trust this this Bucks team to lay ten points uh, on the road. That, Brad kind of hit the nail on the head. The fact that they couldn't score, you know, the fact that Tom Brady was struggling in the red zone with the Steelers' top three cornerbacks all out, and so their fourth guy Arthur Mollett showed up as the worst cornerback or the worst player in their uh, defense per me and Judah's successful coverage over expected metric. And the fact that with Evans, Godwin and Gage all playing, he couldn't, you know, throw, you couldn't even score touchdowns and he couldn't go over his two and a half prop, which was, I thought a, a slam dunk at the time. Yeah. My God. It's uh, that was one of the more maddening games that I have watched. I mean, they, they, it, it looked as if they were running like a play that the Steelers were calling <laughs> for them every time that uh, every time that uh, they were in the red zone. It was brutal. Um, I, I'm not betting on the Carolina Panthers here, and I just have not seen um, anything out of the Bucks to make me think that they're going to blow anybody out. So as much as I want to fade the Carolina Panthers, I'm uh, and Steve Wilkes here. <laughs> I'm going to not bet. Uh, not bad this one either. Um, all right, we go to uh, Giants Jaguars in Jacksonville. I got the Jaguars laying a point and a half. I have this as a, as a pick, but I think I'm going to be off. I have Jags minus a full three in this game, which that's bullseye probably... according to BetMGM for you, George. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say really quickly. I think that. Um, this I was gonna make it two and a half, and then I thought about you know a little warmer weather down in Florida, the Giants' offense maybe not being as great as the the win loss record was. But uh, Brad, what are you doing with this one? Are you gonna bet the Giants? Maybe I mean the Jaguar. We talked about this earlier. The Jaguars are still top ten and early down EPA per play, removing garbage mm-hmm. time. The Giants, like you said, are not not even on that list at all. Um, but obviously, you know, just not some good performances. Trevor Lawrence was bad again today. He had two rushing touchdowns, but just did not impress through the air. Uh, I, if I was going to bet it, I'd probably take the Giants getting the full field goal before it goes underneath the full field goal, which I expect it to. Um, but again. A five and one team, you know, catching a field goal uh, at a two and four Jaguars team, it kind of says a lot. I think that, like, I think the Giants are probably going to be due for some regression soon. I just don't know when. Like, they they're completely overperforming this the talent they have on the roster, and that that just goes to show how well they've been coached and and you know the culture of the of the organization. But I I just can't bring myself to bet on Daniel Jones, especially on the road. Um, and yeah, I mean, Jags is losing three straight. They're probably due for a bounce back game soon, but yeah, I think I'm going to lay off this one. Yeah. It's, uh, I I would say that the giants are a teaser leg. If this is two and a half at some point and you're looking for a, for a teaser leg, um, I just, I'm not sure that I would, um, feel strongly about either side. Um, just at minus three Cleveland Baltimore. This is in Baltimore. Uh, Brad, would you make us Ravens minus five? Oh, wow. Yeah. I have Ravens as minus five as well. Here's a little heavier than me. I have uh, Baltimore minus three and a half. And uh, let's see, Brad, what do you see? On- I got six Baltimore minus six on BetMGM. MGM. Whoa. 
That is, yeah. So I, I'll jump in. That's a ton of points. I've ta- said this too many times, and it's looked dumb the last two weeks in a row. I bet the Cleveland Browns a ton. I might <laughs> go back to the Cleveland Browns well. Six points is a lot of points. Baltimore is, though, second right now in early down EPA per play, removing mm-hmm. garbage time. I was surprised to see that. Philadelphia stayed ahead of them throughout the night tonight. So they are just losing games at the end of the game. They've had, I think, 90-plus win probability at some point in all of their losses so far this year. Today was kind of just a comedy of errors and just, you know, the fluky, weird fumble that turned to an interception for Lamar Jackson, who just kind of couldn't close the game out again. Um, I just – I don't know if they should be laying six points, in, you know, right now against this, you know, a Cleveland team that cannot play defense, dead last in EPA per play on defense, but has still kind of continued to move the ball well outside of today. I, I'm definitely staying away from this one. The the Browns' defense can't stop anyone. They let Bailey Zappi – put on a clinic 300 plus yards and two touchdowns i mean i i don't know who could have seen that coming and i, I think the lamar jackson mvp campaign has kind of tailed off a little bit um having no bateman obviously hurts and i don't know if he's going to be back for this game but i mean six six points for a divisional matchup where the browns offense could put put up 30 any given sunday i think is a, is a lot of points so i i would lean uh browns for sure but i'm not going to make that an official play I think I have to out of principle. This is, this is just another one of those situations where both these teams are, are decent. Um, neither is, is that great. Six points is just, it's just too many. Um, and, and I will go ahead, you know, the Browns defense has looked as bad as it, as the numbers show. I mean, it looks atrocious, but defense is, is an unstable metric. And, I'm going to go ahead and fade them continuing to be that terrible. They ha- do have some talent on that team. Miles Garrett was back today. Um, you know, I mean, uh, last week we sat here talking about how the Seahawks defense was the worst thing that anyone had ever seen on a football field. And, you know, they, they played great today. So uh, granted against Cliff Kingsbury. So, um, you know, I just, I think any, it's a week to week league fellas. And um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to back the Browns, which it means it's going to go terribly. Every time I back George, the Browns, with you. <laughs> uh, every time I back the Browns, like it makes so much sense. And then you get to the game and you see like one picture post on social media of Browns fans, like making fun of the Deshaun Watson situation. You're like, why did I do this? <laughs> I'm just asking for pain here. We're fading the Ravens three weeks in a row. I realized George, you and I are really, we're fading yes. the Ravens these days. Yeah. Although last week it worked well. Um, Two weeks. It, yeah. Ravens defense, you know, I, I think is similar in the sense that they have been nowhere near as good as as one would expect um, so far this year. So, and I think that, you know, I expected Jacoby Brissett to be confused by Bill, Bill Belichick. Like that didn't that didn't surprise me at all. Um, so I, I like buying them at the bottom of the market here. Jets and broncos this one is in denver this begins the 1 p.m slate brad would you make this uh i had denver land two and a half huh. look at that I, the jets. I, I had wait you had your jets minus two and a half or plus no, two denver and a half? minus two and a half at home okay yeah i had i had uh denver minus one wow i guess i really do i'm I, this is proving that i that i'm a jets hater even though i'm not a jets hater um, I have the Broncos by a field goal in this one. 
I don't know if that one's going to be posted anywhere, obviously, because Denver plays tonight. So uh, yeah, Denver plays tonight. I'm seeing, I'm seeing Denver minus three and a half on, on FanDuel, even though that's probably not the book I should be using. But three yeah, and a I half. See, I see minus three, minus 120. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. It, you know, interestingly, and again, I don't know how you guys do this throughout the day, but I, I guess the lines for the first time before the games are played. And then as the games are happening, I'm in there kind of like adjusting, you know, one way or another. I had Denver um, minus four to start and went down to three and a half. It was a three and a half for most of the day. And as I was doing kind of my final look over all these, I was like, ah, you know what? Like, I don't know what Denver is going to do tomorrow, but the Jets, you know, the, the Jets defense is for real. They have a lot of players on offense, like by all means, like more cohesive than the, than the Broncos are right now, pull it all the way down to three. But um, I, I do think three and a half makes sense. Uh, like just given what these teams look like on, on paper. Um, Brad, what are you doing with this one? I, I, I'm going to take the Jets. I'm going to put it down. Uh, maybe I'm a believer. I'm buying. I'm, I'm unlike you. Well, we have to have a Jets supporter and a non-Jets supporter on the pod. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the Jets defense is very for real. I think Quinn and Williams is going to dominate Lloyd Cushenberry. I know Dalton Risner might not play now uh, this week and next week. Their, their guard is a pretty good player. Obviously, Garrett Bowles is out. Um, and, and then I just like, you know, you get Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed on Judy uh, and Cortland Sutton. And then there's really not playmakers outside of those guys on Denver. And then the flip side with the Jets, the Denver defense is legit. There's no question about it. A good pass rush. But I think because we have so many options, I mean, look, Elijah Moore didn't have a target today. And the Jets still scored 27 points on the road in Green Bay. I just think being able to spread the football around is how you beat this Denver team. I think the reason why they killed um, or, or the Colts couldn't do anything is because it was just Pittman and no one. And they just put Pat Sertan a lot of the time on Pittman. And Indy kind of couldn't get around that. So I just think it's a good matchup in a lot of different ways for the Jets. So I, I will be taking the gang green. Look at you. I am, I'm totally with you right there, Brad. I think the, the funny thing, like when I was guessing the line for this, I feel like these teams are really, really similar. You have mm-hmm. two below average quarterbacks with a an average O-line. I would say maybe Broncos are below average without Garrett Bowles. A pretty talented wide receiver room on both sides of the ball, a lockdown corner who can kind of just take away one side of the field, it a pretty good pass rush on both sides of the ball, and I would say Jets are a little bit better, and that's kind of the reason I'm I'm going to take the Jets here because I think especially in the trenches, um, we've seen Russell Wilson succumb to, to to pressure just like he did against the Colts, and DeForest Buckner had himself a night on Thursday night last week. Quinn Williams has been having an absolutely monster season. I think he's on a four-game streak of at least a half sack. And, you know, I think before last week, I would have thought the Broncos were the better team. But Russ can't be too high. We, we've seen that. And now he can't beat single high against Gus Bradley, his former defensive coordinator. And how he's going up against a Gus Bradley disciple, and our brother in Vishnu, Robert Salah. And... um I I don't think he's going to have much success, especially in a um, in a game where like I think the Jets are, are going to be or the Broncos are going to be playing off a short week after Monday night. So definitely backing the Jets. And I mean, I, I think our boy Judah is probably going to write up some alt lines for this one. I'm taking the Jets as well, because uh, at first off, I've, I want to root for the Jets after reading my DMs this week. I'm very excited about it. Um, and I, I agree. I agree a lot. Like these teams are not all of that 
different um despite the fact that one is paying their quarterback like 220 million dollars 225 million dollars more um than the other and uh by the way i was researching doing some zach wilson research today and um he does officially have a new girlfriend uh, hard to tell the difference between her and his old girlfriend but it is it is a fact i did some research and um so i'm, I'm riding with the happily um happily not married couple um by the way if you search zach wilson new girlfriend on google the number one result is people begging him to date Giselle Bunchen, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seattle and the Chargers. Seahawks Chargers. This one is in Los Angeles. Brad, would you make this? I had Chargers minus seven and a half. I have Chargers minus seven. All right. I had uh wow, you guys hate the Seahawks. I had Chargers minus four and a half. Wow. I will say oh, wow. Keenan Allen's going to come back next week against the Seahawks. Um, I know Kyler Murray couldn't really take advantage of a uh, of a bad Seahawks secondary, but I think the you know Justin Herbert will will kind of like have one of his best games of the year. No bias here, but legitimately, I think he'll be able to take advantage of a bad of a pretty bad secondary with a a pass rush which isn't like all you know too intimidating. So I'm not saying I like the Chargers in this spot. I think seven's a lot of points and. You know, Chargers aren't are typically known to let a lot of backdoor covers come in, as we've seen in the past. But um, I think I think seven's the right number if if that's the actual number. I think I'm seeing six Not and a half. Uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I see six and a half. Okay. Uh, I made this one um, four and a half. Again, I, I think the Seahawks are like a legitimately good team, um, and. Uh, I think these are both two average teams in the NFL in the year of our Lord 2020. And for that reason, there shouldn't be that big of a spread, especially in Los Angeles where like rich people in Seattle will be able to travel just fine. Um, should be plenty of Seattle Seahawks fans in, in LA. Um, so yeah, that's so why I made it four and a half. Brad, what are you doing with this one? Yeah, that's a good point. They never have home games in LA. The Rams had to do a silent count uh, their last game at home. So yeah. um, <laughs> uh, that's a fair point. I mean, so I, I went over a touchdown and gave him the hook. It kind of like you said, I usually don't do this, but I did this assuming the Chargers are going to look good, beat the Broncos, maybe have some buzz, and then maybe it'll get bet under or to a touchdown. Um, if it's below a touchdown, I'm probably taking the Chargers. Yeah, I agree. So if it drops to like 6.5 or 6, I think I'll take the Chargers here. Look at you guys. Um, I'm rolling with Gina. Jeans. I'm uh, I'm gonna take the Seahawks once again. Um, Big Woolen, by the way, looks like Richard Sherman. Literally, just like popped out ten years later, twelve years later. Um, it's amazing how I think corner. Yeah, I guess you could say this about a lot of different positions, maybe besides quarterback. But it always shocks me. You know, you see a guy like Tariq Woolen, who's six three, runs a four three, six four, runs a four three. And you know, guy gets guy gets picked up at pick one fifty three, and you then watch him play, and you're like, oh my god, like how the hell did this guy last this 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 long? Um, I think one of the, one of the things that I always um, I kind of chalk this up to is there's so many players in the NFL draft. You know, there's just so many, and 
law of large numbers, like you're bound to let a few just kind of slip through the cracks. I know that's not actually what the law of large numbers says, but there's just so many players that there's a few that are going to slip through the cracks and the scheme in which they play matters. And every once in a while you get a player who, you know, through the evaluation process, he doesn't check all the boxes in terms of what every coach wants, but for one particular scheme, and in this case, the Seahawks scheme, it works out really, really well. Um, and uh, for that reason, I mean, he should be um, up there for defensive rookie of the year. So I'll ride with the uh, the Seahawks, Houston, and Vegas. This is in Las Vegas. Brad, would you make this? And Vegas laying a full tutty. You wow. Okay, I have I have Raiders minus five and a half. Yeah, I'm uh, even uh, lower than that. I have Raiders minus five. I see six and a half shaded towards that at minus one fifteen on BetMGM. What are what are you doing with that, Brad? I uh yeah, so Raiders come off a bye, barely lost the Chiefs that they played well in that game, started to play like a real football team. I mean, they're at a point now where it's do or die. They're one and four. I think it's like a situation where, and yes, this is more narrative than maybe you know numbers, but They've just been stewing on it the entire bye week and all that. They're going to come out and beat the Texans by 30. Um, I, I will lay six and a half with the Raiders comfortably. Man, I don't I don't want to bet the Texans at all. I, I betting betting on bad quarterbacks is, is very tough. Um, but like I think there's there's variables that do line up here. Like Derek Stingley's been awesome to start the year, and if they they're able to put him on Devontae, put Pitre on uh, Hunter Renfro. I mean, I don't really know the status of Darren Waller going into next week, but that's that's tough. I think I think I'm gonna just lay off five and a half. If if it maybe gets out to like seven and a half or something, um, yeah, I'm gonna lay off. I'm gonna lay off it at seven at six and a half. If it gets out to seven and a half, I think I'll take the Texans here. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Davis Mills on the road scares me even though this should not be like the strengths of these teams you compare them it shouldn't be this big but then you think about davis mills and like lovey smith on the road and you're, eh, yeah so i'm gonna pass as well kansas city san francisco super bowl rematch in san francisco brad would you make this at the niners catching a full field goal at home i have uh chiefs minus three and a half I'm uh, the same as you, Arjun. The Niners plus three and a half at home. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, Brad, what are you seeing on BetMGM? Because I see Superbook at Chiefs minus two and a half. So BetMGM is Chiefs minus three. Okay. It's called and flat three. both sides. Yeah. Um, what are you doing with that? Uh, this might be a stay away for me. This is interesting. I, I think this is the correct spread. Um you know, I knew I just figured it was going to land right in the field goal there. I look the char, the, the Niners coming in today didn't have Bosa, didn't have Eric Armstead, didn't have Jimmy Ward during the game. They lost several more players. I don't know the status of all those guys, but um, if they can't get home, with, you know, with their front four based on injuries, then I think it could be ugly. If all those guys come back, I think Bosa should be should be able to play. Um, then I think they could, you know, kind of limit Kansas City just like Buffalo did today. So there's too many questions for me, but I also just think it's a correct spread. So it's a stay away for me. I, I do think it's the correct spread. Also, I would lean the Chiefs, but I think a better place probably the over here. Um, Charvarius Ward is one of the players that left that Brad was right. kind of referring to. Um, that's a big one. Mosley and Ward is are like the two guys, and they've been playing very, very well this year. 
Mm-hmm. The one thing going for the Niners, they do have the tight end erasers in Hufanga and Fred Warner. So, you know, Kelsey might not be as um, effective as he was today going up against uh, Neil, I think, the, like the backup safety from the, from the Neil Bills. For the Bills, yeah. Yeah. So it, I think I think the total is at 47 right now. Chiefs have an, a pretty bad defense. Bills should have hung at least 31. Uh, I think, you know, Kevin Cole's adjusted scores, they'll probably show up in the 30s, you know, two red zone trips ending in, um, you know, zero points is obviously going to affect that. So I like the over here. I'm not really sure how I feel about uh, a full field goal. Yeah, I can't bet it either. Um, I think field goal feels right. Um, you know, if I had to take one side, I would go Kansas City. Um, just because the the Niners have so many injuries. Um, and right now, I don't know, but I would actually wait to kind of see how those injuries play out and, and what the line uh, moves there. <laughs> this is an interesting Sunday night game. Pittsburgh, Miami. Um, Tua back for this game. Um, it looks, I mean, actually, I guess it doesn't look, but one might assume that it'll be Mitch Trubisky, uh, given that Kenny Pickett left with a concussion and how uh, careful uh, everyone is kind of needing to be, especially with the added scrutiny. Obviously, in general, people should be uh, careful with concussions. But I guess my take would be that that Trubisky is is likely to play in this one. Um, Brad, do you know otherwise? Uh, slash, what would you make the spread? My guess would be you're correct there, um, especially because, not to like get cynical, but Miami being the team that's kind of dealing with keeping guys out for longer than maybe they would like to, uh, if then a rookie got rushed back into a game dealing with the same issue, I'm sure, you know, anyway, let's, let's avoid yeah. that, on, that conversation. On Sunday night, too, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, interesting was a nice word for you to use there. Uh, I can think of some other adjectives besides the word interesting. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, two should be back. I think it will be Miami. I, I had it, uh, Miami minus six. I had uh, Miami minus seven, assuming two is back. Both of you guys a little heavier than me. I had uh, Miami minus five and a half in this one. So I'm seeing six and a half uh, on BetMGM. So pretty much where we all had it. Um, I think it's interesting. So one of the biggest edges for Miami early in the season, if it happened today, it was pretty funny, is the heat in, in down in South Florida. Today on the sideline, the Vikings sideline was 120 degrees on the field. Miami's in the shade was 90 degrees. There's a 30-degree difference on the sidelines. Um, and it's, it wears down opposing defenses. Uh, we saw it today with the Vikings you know, giving up nine yards per attempt to Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. Kind of ran rough shot, although Waddle kind of lost the game for Miami. Uh, yeah. Had a big fumble, and the interception on Teddy was was Waddle's fault as well. Um, long answer short, though, like I said earlier, Pittsburgh is 31st right now in early down EPA per play uh, with garbage time removed. Just an awful team, and they converted five third and ten pluses today against the Bucks defense. Just so many kind of things that are not sustainable. Um, I would I, I would consider betting Miami here. I, I would consider them too. I love the I love the Dolphins in the teaser like though. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I have a hard time finding them losing this game, especially if uh the Steelers don't have their top three corners and or Minka Fitzpatrick again. I mean Tyreek and Waddle are gonna go crazy in that game. Yeah, I, I guess if that's the case, if those guys are not there, then I would be tempted uh to ride with Miami as well. Um especially coming I, I i would like to sell pittsburgh after uh, the type of win that they had against 
Tampa Bay, where they just continually converted long third downs. They, you know, managed to keep Tampa Bay out of the uh, the end zone after they continually got inside the 10 yard line. Um, but I'll lay off it until, until I know otherwise. Um, close it out Monday night, Chicago, Justin Fields goes to new England to play the Patriots. Brad, would you make this? Yeah. So Billy Zappi is the best quarterback playing in primetime next week. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a wild statement oh, yeah. to say in week six, but I think I believe it or week seven. Uh, <laughs> I had uh, the new England laying a full eight points. I had Patriots minus seven and a half. I'm, I'm going to be the heaviest here. I have New England minus eight and a half. What are you seeing, Brad? BetMGM has uh, Patriots minus seven and a half. So I'll go back, right back to you, George. Um, I think I'm going to take the Patriots here. Um, and, you know, I know the whole Bill Belichick struggles against running quarterbacks narrative and maybe we'll hear that from from people this week i against a guy in justin fields who is clearly like second guessing some stuff is not comfortable with things this to me could be really ugly if new england is up and chicago has to throw the ball like i don't know man there's all these pictures of justin fields looking super down about that loss to washington i hesitate to see what he would look like uh, after this game. So, um, uh, you know, you're not getting a, a fantastic number here, but I think I will take the Patriots. Yeah, I agree with you 110%. Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts. I think Justin Fields will be seeing some ghosts as well uh, in New England, no question. Plus also, Billy Zappi now, 24 points against the Packers, 29 against the Lions, 38 against the Browns. Uh, shout out Matt Patricia. Let's give the man, give oh, the man yeah. his flowers. Um, oh, yeah. you know, I uh, wish Taze was here for that one, but uh, yeah, they were fun today. Like, Taekwon Thornton is now getting involved, he had a couple goal line targets. They clearly like him a lot as a young player. Um, you know, this Bears defense has kind of held up better than I expected coming into the season, but they cannot generate a pass rush, and I think that's the one thing maybe you could throw off a Zappy or honestly, I guess it could be Mac Jones, but um, yeah, I think the Patriots could win this game like 24 nothing at home. Um, I'm probably taking New England as well. Yeah, I I like New England in this game. Um, I think the the angle like Belichick struggles versus mobile quarterbacks. I think the, there's also a flip side like young, mostly rookie quarterbacks struggle versus Bill Belichick. And you know if if Belichick comes out in his cover one stuff and his cover three stuff where you know we're kind of reliant on the Bears receivers to get open. I think that's a recipe for disaster. Um, I I remember there's one play. We, I was watching it with our boy, Davis Alfaro and, and Tage in and, and Ann Arbor. And Fields was scrambling for at least six seconds on a play. And literally no one had at least a yard of separation. Like no one knows how to get open, even when the play breaks down. And so, you know, you're kind of relying on Fields to do all the work after he breaks the pocket, which means, you know, step, you know, scrambling in those type of situations. But I mean, Bill Belichick, I think, has done a great job this season. He's kept games that he shouldn't be in close. And, you know, I was pretty I, – I really like the Browns this weekend, and that kind of burned me. So I, I feel comfortable backing Bill Belichick at home against, uh, you know, a pretty weak Bears team. That is the Week 7 slate. God, I got to say, man, there's there have been some shoddy slates. We Hopefully we have some, some winners coming up for us. It's tough when you take Buffalo and Philly out. Um, they're on buys this week. Like, Philly looks pretty bleak. Um, but that is why betting is here to save us. 
as usual, we will write up our favorite uh, spread picks. You can find those on PFF app and PFF.com. Um, I think we all have around like four to five um, bets. Kind of real quick, guys, to close this out. Um, ones that you like the most, Brad? Uh, yeah, I like Atlanta a lot. Um, and I'll go with, oh, God, I'll go with the Jets, too. I like Atlanta and the Jets a good amount. There you go. What about you, Arjun? Yeah, I'm with Brad. I like the Jets next week, and I, I'm, I think Titans first quarter is gonna is gonna be one of my heavier plays of the week when that line comes out. Yeah, I like that quite a bit as well. Um, I'm with you, Brad, on Atlanta. Uh, certainly, um, you know, a couple that that I'm off by a decent amount, um, like Cleveland plus six in Baltimore. Just feels like a lot of points. I think they, you know, again, similar, I think, actually to the Giants-Baltimore game where you're like, man, the spread is six, but either team could win. Just feels a little off. Um, and I like Seattle uh, getting six and a half in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Um, I will take that. And, and interestingly, you know, I also feel pretty good about Belichick uh, against Fields. So we'll align on Slack. We'll write these up. You guys can check them out. Um, thank you guys for hanging out. We love you all. We'll see you on Wednesday night. Peace.